Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This GL podcast brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores all over the metro. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I'm confused about something. Let us unconfuse That in and of itself should not be surprising. Right. But I'm confused about something. Yeah. Well, there's this great debate raging now about how careful you have to be uh, when choosing a Halloween costume. Yes. Uh, Megyn Kelly fired because she said she didn't find any trouble with blackface uh, as part of a costume. I, I have no horse in that race. I, I, I would err on that. On that, I would err on the side of caution on that one. I, I don't think I'd let my kid do it. All right. Yep. <laughs> but. My confusion, my confusion would be that the same people who, and I don't know if I'm going anywhere with this, but I think I might be. It's not a link. It's an observation. The same people in America who are uh, vigilant uh, to cry foul at a, at a Halloween costume they might find culturally appropriating, for example, okay. right? Aren't they the same people, generally speaking, who would defend anyone for merely choosing who they want to be? Yes. Yeah, one and the same. One and I the mean, same. the same people who say, don't dress up as a Native American. I'm not suggesting that anyone should, if that's going to be disrespectful. But the same people who are saying, don't dress up as such and such. Don't, don't dress up as Moana. That's cultural appropriation. Right. Don't, don't dress up as a fat person. That would be body shaming. Don't, aren't they the same people who would argue that you should be able to determine not only your gender, but who you might be on any given day? I identify as a park bench. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's the same crowd. I don't get it. Why do they get to I play have no answer sense? to that, by the way. I just don't get it. I, I don't either. I, You're going to tell me that my kid better not dress up as the Black Panther, for example, which is what? A fictional character. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me my kid can't dress up as the Black Panther, but you're going to tell me uh, that you uh, today you're a woman, but today you're identifying as Stanley. Mm-hmm. You know what? There's an inconsistency here that I don't... I don't quite grasp. 
I'm not campaigning or lobbying uh, for uh, costumes that would hurt be hurtful. Sure, to no, I understand that. But there's a great disconnect uh, in the idea that I'm going to tell you what you can and can't wear, but you're not going to tell me who I am, who I can even be if I want to be. And if you were going to be a panther, you could probably be the pink panther, just not the black panther. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is another part of... Uh, well, here, a similar issue cropped up in recent years with the animated features Moana, set in ancient Polynesia, and Pixar's Coco, which centers on a Mexican boy named Miguel. A few months before Moana's November 2016 release, Disney pulled a costume based on the character of Maui, voiced by Dwayne Johnson. I'm terribly familiar with this movie, by the way. Are you seen it I've possibly seen it, once or twice? I bet I've seen it a hundred times. Why do kids like to do What's that? What's your favorite part? Uh, when that thing uh, goes in the store. When she j- dives off the cliff or something. <laughs> Disney pulled a costume based on the character of Maui, voiced by Dwayne Johnson. The ensemble included a brown bodysuit with Polynesian Simpsons. He's reading the funnies. Bart Simpson walks in and Homer says, <laughs> That crazy Marmaduke. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I felt so oh. sorry for Homer Simpson at that point. That crazy Marmaduke. So where where is GL on uh, Native American costumes? I think we err on the side of not doing it. Well, you, you well, just it's 2018. You can't. Yeah. And I think it, it's it goes so over the top. I mean, the uh, hot princess reservation dresses. That's uh, that's not right. But I, I but I would defend a little girl wanting to be Moana. Yes, they, they okay, love that show. That's innocent. I, I would. Say, I want to be Moana. I know girls who want to well, be Moana. Now wait a minute here. Now you've got me worried because hmm. we had a Carver. We had a kids' Halloween pre-party, whatever, yesterday afternoon. So the boys wore their costume that they're going to wear Wednesday. And now I'm worried that the six-year-old he's he's the uh, there's a there's a movie character that he's dressed up as. I could see how that would be perceived as. Native American, which it's not whatsoever. It's what a movie. is the character? It's from the you know the toothless, the the flying dragon. I don't know the that. boy that rides him. That's yeah, who yeah. William is dressed up as. And now I'm worried that no, some that's the, but see, are that's, kids off limits. Yeah, I think the kids are off, especially the really young kids. I think they can pretty much be whatever. I mean, nobody's going to dress them up as a Nazi. Yeah, but should, like should mom dad. should mom dress up the little kid as a as a Native American? Uh, my kids. Uh, took their turn at that, mm-hmm. but my kids are also Native American. Well, and you're off the hook. But uh, it I also dress up mine as drunk Irishman to make. <laughs> <laughs> but to make to put an effort into a costume to have a a a little person walking around as a Native American, I I don't think is offensive. I don't think my wife uh, would think so either. As long as it's tasteful. That's well. Let's go back to my original point. Isn't it at least? Isn't it a point of irony that the same social justice warriors who are going to uh, be very vindictive and uh, and and vigilant uh, to call you out if they sense anything that makes them feel victimized? They're the same people who want to be able to say, uh, eh, "Today, I think I'm going to be a gal." They're the same people who want to be referred to as by pronouns that don't even exist. What what is this? I don't get it. That's I can't where, I can't link that together. I can't put it together. That's where uh, it's things are, and I don't know why. Well, that's you know, it, it might be as simple. It might be as simple as it's the club, and the the no matter what the club says is correct. 
So if the club says no costumes, that's what the club believes. But if the club says, I also want, uh, I also want gender, uh, neutrality here. I want to decide who I want to be on every given day that then the club would go along with that too. The club will tell you what to who think. decides, the who club. The, but who are there's, is there a, uh, a grand pooba um, the, at the club? No, like a czar. Mm-hmm. No, probably all coming out of the field. Like, what, what were you doing standing in line for survivor? <laughs> hey, you gotta, you gotta tell me, you gotta tell me. Hi, Joe Sushere here, the mayor of Garage Logic, once again addressing the youth of Gumption County on some uh, matters regarding Halloween. Who who are the late kids? Who are the kids that arrive past, oh, say, 9 p.m.? We've wondered about this in Gumption County for years and years and years. You just get all your stuff settled, everything's put away, the porch light's off, and... <laughs> Do you have to scare me in the middle of a public service announcement? This is your mayor, Joe Souchere, speaking on behalf of Halloween. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Souchere. Say a reminder that author Amor Towles, uh, Rules of Civility and a Gentleman in Moscow, is going to be joining us on Wednesday's podcast. I can't wait. Halloween. John, did you dig into the book yet? I didn't. I, I just haven't had time, and I, I didn't want to rush it. I'm gonna, so. uh, I want you to turn to page. Uh, is it hardcover? Do you have it in hardcover? It's softcover. Well, I don't know. Uh, in hardcover, Paperback. it's page 220. One of the great, fun, well, every scene is great, but uh, it's, uh, and Rook, you should find it, too. It's, I will. Uh, it's uh, when they go into the uh, kitchen and uh, concoct this most marvelous of meal and the... Uh, the huh. descriptions of it are just extraordinary. I will find I, it. I will look it up. Yeah. I have a question, and I've already gotten a couple coins and dropped in the oh, scam. Well, then so get ready for the, more. What yeah. the hell? Why, what do I have what to lose? Um, why would there be a page difference, hardcover or softcover? Well, the softcover, generally speaking, would not be as big as a hardcover. It's a little condensed. Yeah. Not, I mean, they don't take words out, but it's printed. Oh, okay. And, but is that a fair in, question? In smaller print. No, I thought it was really stupid. Chris, okay. <laughs> Chris hinting that he doesn't pick up a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe well, in the last couple of decades. John, is it paperback or trade size? It's uh, trade size, yeah. so yeah. It, it'll, it'll be close to that. Yeah. Uh, 220, Page 220. Yes, yeah. Chris, trade size doesn't mean you, you switch with people. It okay. means the, uh, the, okay. the actual the, the trade industry. <laughs> So well, one, well more, more on this Halloween. Uh, uh, emailers alerted me to a story that ran on uh, NPR's site. And it's the story of uh, Missy Littman uh, in Prior Lake uh, has her home decked out with Halloween decorations. And she loves the costumes and candy and traditions. And she plans to keep her eight-year-old son home from school. Uh, Littman, uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, she's upset after learning last month that her son's school, Jeffers Pond Elementary, would be doing away with a fall festival and parade of kids in costumes in its place, an E-STEM day, environmental education, science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, Littman took action. It seemed like there was a lot of interest from parents saying, well, why can't we have Halloween? What's the big deal here? Uh, and so I thought, you know what? Since there seems to be so much interest in this, I'm going to throw out a petition and see what happens. And she got nearly 2,000 signatures on the petition. Littman says she asked for a meeting with the school principal and attended a Prior Lake Savage Area School Board meeting to try to get back the type of fall festival she'd sent her kids to in the past. But she said school officials 
told her inclusivity and learning would be the priority rather than a Halloween celebration that not all students' families agree with. Too bleeping bad. Every time you uh, the yep. failed academy champions inclusiveness, they're shutting out a, generally speaking, traditional American custom. Right? Mm-hmm. No Christmas. No Thanksgiving. No Halloween. Columbus Day's out. Because we have to acknowledge that there are some families who would not participate in it. So what? Then don't. Don't participate in it. That's okay if you don't. You don't have to feel bad. Uh, I'm not sure why our schools need to. If we've got a few students who are staying home for religious purposes, I'm not sure why our school has to conform to that, Littman said. The goal, according to a statement from Prior Lake Savage Area Schools, is to focus on learning rather than Halloween. Okay, it's the same protocol. Well, I guess individual school principals are allowed to decide whether or how their schools will celebrate holidays. St. Paul Public Schools has had growing pains associated with holidays. In 2016, the principal of one St. Paul Elementary School faced public scrutiny after someone leaked a letter informing parents the school would no longer celebrate Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, or Valentine's Day. Hmm. St. Paul is the most diverse district in the state, according to the district's director of family engagement, Heather Kilgore. There you go. I wonder what that costs. Money well spent there, baby. <laughs> she said that's why each principal strives to understand how best to promote an inclusive environment. Our guidance is driven by some core policies about inclusion, about equity, about the importance, actually, of multicultural and intercultural learning and relationships, he said. Yeah, except for one that's been around this country for 200 years. Right. You can that one. That's not inclusive. Kilgore said there are no best practices for school holidays and celebrations that she's aware of, and that may be a good thing. I think whenever we make some definitive statement about things like this, about community culture, I think we'll almost always get it wrong, and because of the individuality of school communities is an ever-changing thing, she said. I don't even know what that means. That's what it means. Child and teen psychologist Dr. Megan Miller with Alina Health agreed. She said there has been a cultural shift around how to talk about differences. That can include holidays at school and whether to preserve, drop, or adapt traditional celebrations. Really trying to embrace, maybe, differences with one another, she said. It's Halloween. It has nothing to do with anything. It has a pagan origin. It, it's, you get candy. Basically, that's Big deal. It. It has. It really does have no religious. All Hallows Eve. I know. Well, but, it precedes uh, All Saints Day, right? Right, but Halloween for it's just it, it's it's just All Hallows Eve. It has nothing to do with the uh, the next day being a holy day of obligation, at least in the Catholic Church. It has nothing to do with that. Well, and it all started when uh, we don't want any violent uh, costumes, and then it was we don't want any masks. This is, I mean, kids going to school. This is what I'm talking about. And now they just want to go ahead and do away with it all together and, what, put a stem in a day in? There are people, I don't mean to dismiss uh, a child psychologist like Dr. Megan Miller, but there seems to be a growing industry, and this is one of the reasons the Academy has failed. There is a growing industry devoted to finding discrimination. That's what they live for. And if you celebrate Halloween at the expense of some kid from Somalia, I guess you've committed some sin at the altar of diversity. B.S. The kid from Somalia will either enjoy Halloween or or skip it. What do you care? Big right. deal. Kid from Somalia should be saying, 
Uh, Mom and Dad. This is a pretty good gig. Yeah, hang on. You go out and you knock on people's door, and they give you stuff. (laughs) (laughs) One dumb even got a bottle of whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) I did. And then uh, my other favorite story is when I took the kid I used to have to a friend's one block over, and they brought out the the snicker bar with a large, large, almost a railroad spike <laughs> driven through it. And, and, the, and my kid's uh, friend's dad said, you might want to have that check. <laughs> Why do we go through that period? Do you remember we went through a period where, hell, you had to take your candy yeah. to the hospital and have it x-rayed? Yes. Yep. Thankfully, that's ended, huh? Uh, you know what? Now that I come to, th- uh, come to think of it, uh, my parents were really, with me, we're willing to roll the dice. Ah, you're uh, fine. Yeah, you know what? I think they, shouldn't we have this checked out? And they're like, you know what? Let us were know. they like you, that? Yeah, something similar or to something that. something similar to they that. They were saying, uh, uh, why don't you just uh, let us know if you find something, okay? We'll, start to feel icky. Yeah, yeah. Well, I dumped the bag out. There went the bottle, and the and the mother and the father are damn near having a leg wrestling match trying to see who's going to get it. You know, she For won. For different reasons. She won and poured it down the sink, and oh. he just had a look of abject disappointment oh, on his face. God. How could you do such a thing? <laughs> Would have been good in an old-fashioned I time. thought you loved me. Yeah, it was sealed. It was not tampered with. It was just wonderful. Uh, and, hell, I was about seven. I got a bottle of Canadian Club. <laughs> You're going to tell us about Survivor, or are you going to wait? Hey, come on, man. today, John Height in the podcast newsroom. Thank you, Joe. A football game among 10-year-olds in St. Paul last week mm-hmm. was cut short. Yeah, I read the, about this. The Delta on the sidelines fought, and someone fired a gunshot, according to police. Dear God. Uh, no one was injured in the altercation outside the West Minneapolis Recreation Center in Frogtown Thursday night. Uh, police did arrest a 27-year-old man Friday afternoon and recovered a gun, according to Sergeant Mike Ernster. Uh, numerous callers reported a male with a handgun was shooting into a crowd. According to the police report, other people said the man shot in the air. Officers responded to the rec center on Minnehaha Avenue near Dale Street about 7 in the evening. They found a single spent casing on the football field. St. Paul Frogtown football was playing North Area Titan football in a tournament of 9- and 10-year-olds. Yeah. Witnesses reported there was an altercation between adults attending the game, and some of them began to physically fight. At some point, a man fired the shot. The man then went to a parking lot, got into a sport utility vehicle, and left. The game at that point immediately canceled, according to Claire Cloyd, St. Paul Parks and Rec spokeswoman. She said, we're proud of the athletes and coaches and the families involved. This is an unfortunate incident, but we commend everyone present for handling it as we would expect. The uh, St. Paul, uh, Parks, uh, Paul Parks and Rec youth football season wraps up with playoff games this Saturday. They do. Football's root- dangerous enough. Yeah, yeah, without okay. guns. Right. Johnny, it was North End in who? It was. I'm sorry. Didn't you say uh, I'll get there. Uh, I'm sorry. I just want to see if I'm St. North- Paul Frogtown football and North Area Titan football. Yeah, that's the one uh, where uh, when my son played, all those kids started shaking in their shoes when the Frogtown guys come over the hill and they are <laughs> ready to play. Well, they're all about 22. Full beards. Yeah. They all drove. Yeah. They're bring, bringing in grills. Right. <laughs> What's going on with your city, boys? Oof. I will say, though, aside from this stupid incident, that 9 to 10 
age when they really can't hurt each other is a very charming, uh, they're such charming games to watch. Mm-hmm. It's when they get into high school that they really start yeah. you know, smacking can, around. Well, they can move quicker. And, yeah. Because the nine-year-olds just Right now of, in high school football, it's one and done, right? I mean, like uh, Hill Murray lost to Johnson. Done. I, they're done. Yeah. Creighton lost to what? Lakeville North or South? They're done. done. All right. Uh, and Hill, boy, that, I'm surprised that usually they give uh, a good run for their money. They were, I know they had that I- injury to that. I think that senior. injury to uh, Zerem- Zeremski. I'll find it. Uh, yeah, that probably took the wind out of their Pioneer sale because that was 28 to zip. Uh, the Hill Murray player, he's a senior, yeah. is named uh, Zach Zerembinski. Zerembinski. Yeah. And he's on uh, medically induced coma. Good luck to him and his family. William Hohen has been sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole for conspiring to kidnap and lying to police in the death of a woman whose baby was cut from her womb. Remember the story? Hohen pleaded guilty to the charges last month. He was acquitted of conspiracy to commit murder in the August 2017 death of Savannah Greywind of Fargo. Hohen's ex-girlfriend, Brooke Cruz, pleaded guilty in Greywind's death and is serving life in prison. She testified against Hohen at last month's trial. Hohen admitted to helping to cover up the crime, but said he knew nothing about the murder plot. Again, sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole. Three U.S. officials say the number of military troops deployed to the southern border in support of the Customs and Border Patrol could be in the thousands. The officials uh, discussed a troop plan that was not yet completed, had not yet been approved by Defense Secretary Jim Mattis. The Wall Street Journal reported the planned deployment was likely to be much higher than officials had disclosed late last week when preliminary figures of 800 to 1,000 were cited. The Journal reported the Pentagon plans to deploy about 5,000 troops, mainly military, police, and engineers, to the border. The troops are expected to perform a wide variety of functions, like transporting supplies for the Border Patrol, but not engage directly with migrants seeking to cross the border from Mexico. CNN President Jeff Zucker says another suspicious package addressed to CNN intercepted Monday at the Atlanta Post Office. Atlanta police have confirmed they responded to a suspicious package at the Post Office Monday morning. An initial hearing set for Monday afternoon in Florida Federal Court for 56-year-old Cesar Sayoc. He faces five federal charges. He was arrested Friday in Florida after investigators said they linked him to the packages through fingerprints and DNA. But we evidence. don't know if this one is the result of Caesar, do we? Correct. We do not know that. Uh, White House counselor Kellyanne Conway taking some heat on Monday for comments about the mass shooting at the Pittsburgh synagogue. She condemned the tread of what she called anti-religiosity in America just days after the mass shooting. She said the anti-religiosity of this country that is somehow in vogue and funny to make fun of everybody of faith by constantly making fun of them. uh, She says that is a bad thing. She later argued that faith can bring Americans together. On Twitter, she's being accused of missing the point of an anti-Semite calling for the death of Jews shooting Jewish people in their own place of worship. Well, everybody in the administration could use a good night's sleep. And uh, (laughs) Mike Lindell has the answer, the mattress topper. He invented it just like he invented the MyPillow. It'll save your mattress, and you don't have to spend thousands to get a new one. It's three unique layers designed to provide support, distribute body weight, and regulate your temperature. And it has a zippered, removable cover that's washable and dryable. So don't spend thousands. Rejuvenate your mattress with a MyPillow mattress topper. And Mike is extending a great offer to GL Podcast listeners now through December 31st. You can save 30% on any size MyPillow mattress topper and get two MyPillow standard pillows when you enter the promotional code GL at checkout. 30% off and two pillows to boot. Go to MyPillow.com 
click on the mattress topper button on the home page and enter their promotional code GL at checkout. A cool historical find. A quick eye by Goodwill workers in southern New Jersey turned up frame pages. Here we go, Rook. From an original 1774 Philadelphia newspaper with a unite or die snake design on the masthead. Neat. The frayed December 28th, 1774 edition of the Pennsylvania Journal and the Weekly Advertiser boasts three items signed by John Hancock, then president of the Provincial Congress, who pleads for the colonies to fight back enemies who are trying to divide them. A jumble of small advertisements offer rewards for a lost horse or a runaway apprentice, while another insists the poster will no longer pay his misbehaving wife's debts. The discovery first reported by New Jersey Penn. Boy, things haven't changed, have they? <laughs> <laughs> Bob Snyder of the New York auction house Cohasco said the Rebel newspaper shows how everyone was good and mad at the British just months before the Revolutionary War began. The masthead design is a variant of the join or die political cartoon credited to Benjamin Franklin. Snyder estimates the newspaper's value at anywhere from six to sixteen thousand dollars. That's it. Yeah. Goodwill Industries hopes to sell it to help fund its educational and job training services. Six grand. Fame document was dropped off in Woodbury, New Jersey. Well, it adds like from wards and like (laughs) vacuums and stuff like that. Well, no, it's rushes and brooms maybe. Before then, yeah. Oh, yeah, Uh, it was old. There are three other. Probably didn't have vacuums back then. (laughs) That's right. Maybe chimney sweeps, huh? (laughs) Whoops. There are three other existing. Just give that to myself here. Hang on. Drop some in there. Yep. There are three other existing copies of the same weekly edition of the Pennsylvania Journal, all of them right now housed in university collections. Was uh, was Chimney Sweep the one, Rook, where you said that they will come to you? <laughs> I think it was. Yeah. They will They will come out. As opposed to you hauling their chimney into them. Yeah. <laughs> they a, come out. Get they will come out to you. To no, you said they'll come, come to you <laughs> to clean your chimney. They'll right. come to yeah. your They'll house. come to you. Instead of, you know, you don't have to put it in your truck and take it downtown. That's inconvenient. It is. Which shows you the convenience that I I, I stress while doing that live endorsement. Well, I got to dismantle the chimney. We got why? Well, I got to get it clean. Get it clean, yeah. What was the other one? Windows you can see through. Yeah, you said windows you can see through. You can see right through them. What? Windows you can see through. Blasphemy. <laughs> I'm available for endorsements, Here people. Do you right wonder now. why the phone ain't ringing? <laughs> <laughs> Blasphemy is to be decriminalized in the Republic of Ireland after voters overwhelmingly supported a referendum to remove it as an offense in Irish law. Uh, it's not like it's been used a lot. The last successful conviction for blasphemy in Ireland, 1703. The last attempted prosecution, 1855. Uh, both cases were taken when Ireland was under British rule. Uh, they also elected Michael D. Higgins president. Did you guys see Michael at all? No. He's he's a short little fellow. Is he? And he has wild white hair, and his voice is about this high. Oh, Jesus. Oh, really? He was giving a speech, and he talked like this. Jesus. It was fun. <laughs> Pretty good impersonation, John. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> Too bad uh, Patrick isn't here for this one. I know he loves these stories. Doctors at a hospital. Uh, let's do it like my kids. A couple of podcasts. Mm-hmm. You're wow. kidding me. Really? So I, got, I think I got there at about 10 to 11, and I was, it was about a little after one. Stood in line, met some great people. Sure. And the one guy, the guy behind me. Wow. No, no. The guy behind me yeah. flew in from Boston for the day. 
to do this because it was an open casting call because they don't always do this. <laughs> he flew this in is, from Boston. He had to get back on a six, six, seven o'clock I, flight. I wish we could play any music we wanted because I'd dig up I'm a Loser by the Beatles immediately. Mm-hmm. Or Beck. <laughs> is, is there money at issue? Well, you win a million dollars, but if you, I mean, if if you if do you what, win, right? you have to slay a dragon or something. <laughs> yeah, if you if you make slay it, if you outlast, outwit, and outplay, mm-hmm. those are the three O's of yeah, Survivor. If you <laughs> if you just simply God, get selected play. and waste six months oh. of your life, you get nothing. You get an experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an experience. Are we all sad that the baseball season's over? Yeah, it's always a tough day. It is. It is. It yeah. is. Are we? Are we sad that Boston won and we have to listen to yes. them now? We're and sad they still that you, think they're an underdog. We're sad that you stood in line for two hours to, <laughs> yeah. to audition for That was, uh, you know, O's. a bucket list, you know, get it off the list. I was hey, sad. I stood at Rosedale Mall. I was sad to start with to hear that you watched Survivor. Oh, <laughs> no. I love it. Who do the Vikings have next? Direct your social media. You got your Detroit Lions in town for a Sunday afternoon tilt, sir. Uh, anything could happen now, right? Although we do, I I did find out something that I, apparently this is according to Andrew Kramer. Uh, when uh, Vikings kicker Dan Bailey missed the extra point yesterday, Sid threw a pen in the Ooh, press box. Really, really. Ooh. Through a pen. Well, he still has his enthusiasm. He's got his huh. fight still in him. He's still a feisty guy. That well, um, Who the told Saints him that he missed. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the Saints are a good ball club, but that was a bad loss because now you have two home losses this year. They're they're they'll still make the playoffs because the division's very mediocre. I'll say. But uh, but the Packers lost, John. They did. Yeah. They shouldn't have, but mm-hmm. they did. Between I the Vikings and the win, Pack, Johnny. Uh, it's the question is who wants it less. Because now, tonight, I know it's a podcast, but tonight, Monday Night Football. Yeah. But New England at Buffalo. Ouch. Who, who's going to watch that? I got news for you. <laughs> this is Buffalo's first home night game in some time. Yeah. Look out is what you're seeing. Uh, <laughs> those fans are going to be about a point four when kickoff. Well, uh, what about last night here? Yeah, last night. I, I saw. I knew some people that were in the crowd, and they said that there was uh, there was some drinking going on mm-hmm. uh, at U.S. Bank Stadium yesterday. Yeah. 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 Really close cool. route. Goodbye. Let's oh, close route. See you tomorrow. Bye. Johnny, you're here tomorrow. I am, yes. Atta boy. You're here you mean, Wednesday, too. That's you? correct. Atta yes. Boy. You mean on Halloween Eve? The Eve of Halloween? Okay, Garage Logicians, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to rate us on Apple iTunes. And you can tell all your friends about it. If you want to find out more, go to garagelogic.com to find out some of the features, some of the comics from Greg Holcomb, Author's Corner, and a whole slew of information. Garagelogic.com. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends and neighbors and maybe a couple family members. Catch you next time.